That's hundred. y'all what's going on good people man another episode of monday night take is about to go down and happen here and we're actually live here in la uh for this episode so uh you know on tour right now in the middle of a tour four city tour i'm traveling around the country you know adding as much value as possible to people uh, to be able to help people eat in these financial markets on a day-to-day week-to-week and month-to-month basis you guys know consistently i show up and show out um, and I'm always here, you know, provide that value and that intellect. So tonight we're going to be talking about everything earning season, you know, everything that's pretty much coming up, man. Make sure you guys are paying attention. You want to have your notes out because this is going to be about 45 to 60 minutes of me just being on a roll about to drop this game and give you guys this knowledge. So it's earning season. Earning season is always my favorite time of the year, right? Earning season gives you an opportunity to be able to digest and be able to see how the companies that you may have in your portfolio currently, how they're performing from a financial aspect, but also what is leadership's, uh, you know, ability uh, to be able to, you know, like deal with situations and problems. So I think it's super, super inherent, you know, important that we talk about earnings season. I'm super excited. And um, I know you guys are too. So we're going to hop pretty much hop right into things, man. We got Goldman Sachs pretty much tomorrow, right? Goldman Sachs, we saw JP Morgan earnings came out. And, um, you know, J.P. Morgan, the initial reaction to the stock price on Friday, um, I have J.P.M. here uh, pulled up here on my other screen. J.P.M. was down to almost about five bucks. And, um, you know, J.P.M. went ahead and reported earnings. Those earnings came out um, and then they had a, their earnings call transcript uh, came out a little bit after that. And one of the things that I would say that uh, I'm always looking at um, from an earnings perspective when it comes to the banks is paying attention to interest income. Right. Interest income has been. You know, a huge thing, especially with interest rates increasing. Um, they've been increasing, you know, their interest income coming in through that door. Um, so that's one part and uh, piece that I'm taking a look, you know, at JP Morgan. Um, also, as well, uh, when you take a look at JP Morgan, is uh, you're looking at an EPS of $3.57. And then you had revenue of about $35.6 billion. Um, also, they had their revenue was pretty much up $5.2 billion, which was 17% year over year. So you did see an increase um, in in revenue that actually came through the door of JPM. Uh, the stock initially dropped, and like I said, it reversed and actually turned positive. I think it finished up on Friday uh, about two and a half percent. So you know, taking a look here, you'll see a lot of, a lot of times that it was three and a half dollars for JPM finishing to the upside. So let's really talk about this and break this down for you guys. Uh, this is pretty much my third time teaching today. Uh, some of you guys may have tapped in with me earlier. Uh, so I know you guys are probably uh, getting ready to hear um, a lot of some different information. We might have heard a little bit of this earlier. I gave kind of a little sneak preview. Um, and I want to talk to you guys about my earnings strategy. Right. So a lot of times when companies initially report earnings, um, you can sometimes see the stock go up or down. Now, depending on the severity, right, the, depending on the severity of the report that comes out, you can also see sometimes some major, major upsets. And what do I say by that? You might see a stock that might be down 10% initially, 
and then it rallies and turns around and then all, all of a sudden it's now you know uh, it's now up 10 percent, right so sometimes you can see a flip of the switch right you can see a true flip of the switch so for me i'm gonna be real with y'all for a second you know my mindset going into this earnings season is i want to try to capitalize off of discounts right i want to be able to identify discounts because i believe that not only has the stock market fallen enough but i think that there's certain stocks that are coming in back into certain valuations that investors are going to say yo i can no longer ignore this right i can no longer ignore this so i'm telling you guys here right now man uh my strategy pretty much going into this earnings season is to definitely always as always listen to these earnings calls very heavy but i want to be able to i want to be able to trade and make some money right i want to talk about my trading strategy how do i go ahead and approach a lot of times these earnings right and so when it comes to earnings um i like to play the aftermath right i don't really like to play pre-earnings right uh and when i say pre-earnings i don't like to go into the earnings report and then uh, be buying calls or puts and things like that playing the earnings report because the odds are not in your favor i want to break that down because i know this is something that some people are doing i see the dms that are coming in people are saying hey i'm looking to play this earnings and make this money and all that stuff like it's very dangerous to just buy a call or buy a put on an earnings report. Um, it's super, super high risk because you never really know what can happen. Um, sometimes, you know, a company can miss and the stock price can still go up or a company can beat and the stock price can still go down. Guidance is always very key. Um, so my mindset is to play the aftermath. I like to wait until the dust settles. Like that's one thing that I really like to do. I like to wait until the dust settles. And the reason why I like to wait until the dust settles is because it gives you an opportunity to be able to get option contracts at a discount, right? And I want to talk about something which is called IV crush. I want to break that down for you guys. So going into earnings reports, what really bids up prices of things? Supply and demand, right? So if there's a bunch of demand for options, right? And people are seeing that demand for those options, what ends up happening is, is that a lot of times people are looking to buy these calls and these puts beforehand. So it makes the prices uh, more expensive. So if the prices are more expensive, if I was a seller of an option, I would love to sell an option pre-earnings, right? I wouldn't necessarily, you would want to say you would be on a buy side. You would probably be better off being on a sell side. I'm going to break this down as to why, right? So what happens is, is that we know that options really move is from a, from a price standpoint, that IV is really has everything to do with supply and demand. So, you know, people are expecting an earnings season, the options market, you'll see on CNBC, right? You might be listening and say, well, the options market is implying a five and a half percent move on this stock, right? And, you know, essentially what that means is, is that that stock really needs to move 5% up or 5% down in order for the options to actually really make money. A lot of times, more than not, earnings comes and a stock may only move two or 3% and the options market gets uh, disappointed so what happens is, is that the next day right the next day or the next time that the market is open and that stock is now able you're able to go ahead and buy calls and puts on that stock again you see a lot of times the premiums really get eroded or devalued because they lose a bunch of value because of iv which is also your vega so your implied volatility um actually drops and so your iv percentage may go from you know 200 percent back down to 60 40 or 50 percent right so for me you know when i'm taking a look at that i always tell people it's good to uh wait until the aftermath because 
I want to use an example on Friday, right? Um, you know, I had a couple students that hit me up and say, hey, I waited until after the earnings report and I hopped in JP Morgan calls. So for all those people that hopped in JP Morgan calls on Friday, um, you know, around, you know, uh, 9.45 a.m. EST and 10.30 a.m. EST, and they caught that reversal, they were able to get contracts at extreme discounts, right? They were able to get option contracts at extreme discounts. So they were probably paying 20, 30 cent on a dollar, you know, maybe a hundred dollars most for a contract. And those contracts ended up running three, four, five hundred percent. Um, and even not even not a weekly option, but we're talking about contracts that are still three weeks to a month out. So this is the way that I like to wait. I like to wait for the aftermath. We have names like Netflix that are be reporting this week, Goldman Sachs, right? Um, you can already take a look at, at Netflix's options chain right now, and you can pull it up and Netflix options. You know, are costing you right now about two racks, right? For in the money option, it's about two thousand dollars, a little some, some a little bit more, right? So what does that mean? Netflix options usually aren't costing you, you know, two thousand dollars for a regular, you know, at the money or closely in the money option. So what happens is, is that the, like I said, the price, right? The demand goes up. People are expecting, right? People are expecting price to continue uh, to move at a rapid rate, whether up or down, and so the options reflect that. And when the options reflect that, what happens is that now, you know, people are expecting, well, this stock is going to make a huge move and it doesn't make a huge move. What happens is that the option premium because becomes disappointed per se. Right. And so the IV crushed, it gets crushed. So I want to really tell people, man, going into earnings, man, leave the gambling mentality at home. I'm going to tell you this right now. Like this is not the market that you want to gamble in. I'm going to be real with you guys. This is not the market that you want to that you want to gamble in at all. Um, and you never want to. But I found it that a lot of times over the past year or two, you know, but with me talking to different people, a lot of times people look at earnings to like kind of like play the lottery. And I'm going to be real with you. This is no lottery, yo. This is no lottery. Some people are thinking that it's, it, it's time to play around and you got time to play with this thing. No, this market will humble you. This market will humble you. So please take earnings season very serious, right? Take the week ahead and every single week this year, Right. We got 50 weeks left in this year. And I'm telling you guys to take this stuff very seriously. So we go in here to earnings season. My first take on earnings season is this. I'm going to tell you all this right now. My first take on earnings season is I don't think it's as bad as advertised. And I'm telling you this up front here now. I don't think companies will perform as bad as advertised. I think a lot of earnings misses are starting to become priced in. I want to talk about that. Right. So for me, when these earnings are starting to become priced in, what does that mean? Right. Some of these negative earnings, some of the negative things that you that you were hearing. Like I want to throw out something for you guys. Apple's where it's at 134.76. When was the last time you heard about this subpar iPhone demand? Notice that was running. That was the headline that was running for like the last two months of 2022. Right was the subpar iPhone demand. I ain't heard nothing about that. So guess what happens if Apple comes out and actually exceed the expectation? The stock may actually run, right? And I want people to understand, like, you know, the analysts, they play a dirty game when it comes to earnings. You'll see a lot of analysts increase price targets of certain stocks coming into the report. And, they'll, and, and, and it's really a setup to dump the stocks off, right? They'll increase the price targets to get the stocks to run up. So be very careful of that. This is your first note of the night. Be careful of a stock that's gotten five to 10 price target increase ahead of earnings. That's always a worrisome for me because why is everyone super bullish ahead of this report? The same way sometimes that if I see a bunch of price target decreases and sell ratings, 
you know, before earnings report, that can kind of cause a little bit of, uh, because I've seen a lot of times where, you know, the companies getting the price target decreases, you know, they'll be the companies that are outperform during earnings season. Like, let's take a look back at last earnings season, right? Let's talk about which, which company in the tech space was actually the best performer. And that was Netflix. Now, who would have thought, who would have thought that going into last earnings season, that Netflix would actually come out. And when it was the dust was settled and it was all done, Netflix would have actually been the best performing stock during that earnings season for that tech space, for the FANG stocks. Netflix was able to defy the odds, right? So I want you guys to I want you guys to really think it wasn't Tesla, it wasn't Apple, it wasn't Microsoft, and it wasn't Google, and it wasn't Amazon, right? It was Netflix, right? It wasn't Meta Platforms. Meta Platforms got clapped. So pay attention here. A lot of times, you know, Wall Street will set people up. And for me, I learned this, you know, going through a, a bunch of earnings seasons. You know, I, I've been through a, a way more earnings seasons than I can count now. And you know, every every earnings season, I would say that I learned something different. I, I'm listening to a different earnings call, right? I'm, I'm finding new companies. I'm listening to some of the same companies earnings call, but I'm still learning new things, right? I'm looking at what products are getting ready to set to come out. Where is the company from a leadership standpoint? I love hearing from our leaders, man, right? I want to see what Elon has to say this time, right? He got, a, he got some big shoes to fill. Um, he has some people that he needs to quiet down, right? There's been a lot of talk at Tesla, a lot of talk with the Twitter stuff, right? All that stuff. Elon has an opportunity to step up to the plate right now and he has an opportunity to deliver, right? So it's, it's, it's pretty much, you know, go big or go home. Earnings season, you only get four earnings seasons in a year. So you got four opportunities to showcase your shareholders. Why should we be invested in your company, right? Why should we be invested in your company? So these are the questions that you want to ask, right? And the things that I'm looking for this earnings season, and everyone can take notes on this, these are the questions that I'm going to be asking myself and that I'm going to be asking, right? I'm looking, I'm, I'm going to be asking, I'm looking for the company's earnings call to answer in the report. What is our, the number one question that I have is, where's our pivot point? What ways are we pivoting right now? Do we even have a pivot plan? These are things that I want to hear and listen to, right? I want to see, yo, is there opportunity for more growth from a spending standpoint? You know, how are we managing and, and spending the capital that we have cash on hand right now? What does our balance sheet look like, right? Do we, are we taking on much more debt in a higher interest rate environment? Or do we have cash in a bank to be able to divvy up and make moves with? There's reasons why people like Uncle Charles, like companies like Snowflake, they got cash in the bank, man. I don't want to be in a company that don't have cash in a bank and that got a lot of debt. Because in this environment, you want to be you want to be investing in companies that have cash in a bank, right? Cash in a bank to be able to expand and do different things, right? Um, so that's kind of my mindset that I'm that I'm looking at. You know, here this earnings season, I'm like, yo, let's get it. Let's see what let's see what these companies are made of. Because there's been a lot of companies, you know, that have been fraudulent, right? A lot of companies that have been super, 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 super fraudulent. So I want to discuss, man. I want to discuss. So going into earnings season right now. We are on the cusp of a breakout right to the upside. So shout out to the TQQ. TQQ just cracked $20 on Friday. Uh, shout out to Alibaba, 117, right? Alibaba looks like it wants to head to about 123. AMD and NVIDIA, right? Sitting here at the 200-day moving averages, approaching them very closely. NVIDIA already is smacking its head on it now. And AMD's on the way up to smack its head on it as well. So semiconductors look prime for a breakout. Uh, the tech space is looking a, a lot, a lot better. A lot of those growth names that were super oversold 
in 2022 have actually been setting up pretty beautifully here. The ARK ETF is off its lows uh, of, of last year at $29 all the way back to 36, right? I would never probably trade options on an ARK ETF. That's just my preference. But if you're taking a look at someone who who made like a lot of growth stocks, I'm going to be real with you, right? People who like a lot of growth stocks, the ARK ETF can give you exposure to the growth stocks that you probably don't want to be invested in from an individual name standpoint. So that's, you know, and, and I want to talk, I want to talk about that, right? Because a lot of these growth stocks are going to be reporting earnings over the next two, three weeks and next month overall. And, you know, these growth companies, I'll be real with you, um, you know, they've came down 60, 70, 80, 90%. But from a risk to reward standpoint, now is really the time that they have the opportunity to pivot because a lot of the growth companies have already done the layoffs, right? And they, they were first to kind of really do the layoffs. So now it's time to say, okay, well, you've done the layoffs, you've cut your expenses, but how are you, how, how are you able to entice your shareholders that you have things figured out, not just this year, but in the long term? Like these are the questions that investors are going into these calls with. They go on with three buttons, right? The first button is buy, the second button is hold, and the last button is sell, right? So how do, like as a company, you want to be able to see them illustrate, how do you keep people's hands off that sell button while you're talking, right? How do you keep people's hands off that sell button? Because we saw like last time around, we saw uh, Zscaler, we saw CrowdStrike, we saw these companies get pummeled when their earnings reports came out. Both of those companies fell 20, 30% after hours. There was a lot of companies that fell 20 or 30% after hours. This time around, I don't see that. I don't see certain companies falling 20, 30%. You will probably see a couple, but to the magnitude of what we saw last time, it just seemed like, boom, 20%, 20%, 10%, 15%, 30%. We just kept seeing companies fall, 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 fall. And that leads me to my point is where a lot of these companies, they were guiding lower heading into the fourth quarter of 2022. So we're getting fourth quarter 2022 results pretty much here right now. And 2022 is over. So guidance for FY, which is full year, you'll see a lot of guidance for FY, which means full year 23. You'll see FY 23. They're giving guidance for you know the entire year here in 2023. And I think that the media has really portrayed that things are so bad and things are sluggish and you know things won't recover etc cetera, etc cetera. and i think it's really put people in this in a, in a shape man of people thinking that everything is over i'm gonna I'm a be real with you none of this stuff is over man these companies that are sitting right here right now in the growth space that are falling 60 70 80 percent we'll say this not all of them is going to come back but there will be a few in certain sectors cybersecurity, cloud computing think about it has cybersecurity slowed down? Has cloud computing slowed? None of that stuff is slowed down. Is chip is is the chip makers done for? Like, are people just not ever using chips anymore? No. So you got to really ask yourself the question of: Am I investing for a short time or investing for a long time? Right? Because a lot of people are thinking that short term investing, right, is you. Oh, I'm just gonna get into the stock. I'm gonna make X, Y, Z. I'm gonna be real with you. When it comes to investing long term, man, you have to be patient and you have to be diligent. The times right now, I'm going to be real with you. You should be locked into these earnings calls left and right because this is where winners are made. Winners are, winners are not made in bull markets, man. Winners are made in bear markets. Winners are made in bear markets. So right now, winners are being made, right? Notice that Ethereum and Bitcoin is back trending up higher. Uh, Bitcoin went all the way back to 21,000. Ethereum went all the way back to 1,600. 
doesn't mean that these things can't go lower but i remember the sentiment and you know when bitcoin was at 15,000 people saying well you know it's going to go to zero and ethereum's going to go to zero and the crypto's dead and it's done nah man none of this stuff is going anywhere it's not going anywhere just like these growth companies right it's it's not their season you have to understand that in a high interest rate environment the cost of capital increases tremendously so it puts pressure on the bottom line initially, right? So a lot of these companies, you know, had to really uh, make some cuts, right? They had to make some cuts to the staff. They had to really make some tight decisions because money is tight. And so sometimes you struggle to expand during a recession, uh, whether people wanted to admit it or not, look at the signs, man. Look at the signs and pay attention. You know, overall, you got a, a lot of people putting stuff on credit right now at a high rate. So I think that factors in even into uh, Q4 earnings is like, yo, you know, I know some people are expecting a lot of misses. I don't expect a bunch of misses. I think there'll be a couple. But I think that a lot of the Q3 um, numbers that came out that kind of caused the drag downs, I don't think that'll be a repeat offender here. And I think that people are looking and saying, yo, like even, for example, Tesla, like, OK, Tesla in August was three hundred and thirteen dollars a share. Tesla right now is $122 a share. So there's stocks like a Tesla. There's a bunch of companies that are down, like I said, 50, 60, 70 percent. But now where they're currently at, people are looking and saying, hey, that's a fair price to pay. Meta Platform sitting here at 137 a low last year of $87.76. When you take a look at this thing, man, I'm going to be real. Once again, one of those companies now sitting here at 137 people are paying attention in our prime and looking and say, hey, what's our recovery story here? Does it has the moves that the company been making, the job cuts, does all of this stuff make sense? Like the time is money, right? Time is definitely money. So that's kind of where I'm at with it, man. I'm going to be real with you. That's kind of really where I'm at with it. And, um, you know, like I said, when it comes down to me paying attention, right, me paying attention to the little details, I'm going to be real with you. It's about paying attention to the little details here in earnings season. So I'm this earnings season, um, you know, I'm taking the liberty upon myself to being being on as many earnings calls as I always can be on. So that's number one. Right. If you can't catch the earnings uh, call live, it's okay. Go to the company, uh, go to the company website after, and go ahead and take a look at the earnings transcript. Or sometimes they even provide the replays, pretty much like that. Um, and then the replays not directly on the company website in a timely manner. A lot of times you can go on YouTube and it, uh, pretty much get playback recordings. So you know you got. I mean, technology is no excuse why you shouldn't be able to listen to an earnings call. I understand if you might not be able to listen to it live, you might be busy working, etc. But you should be able to go ahead and, and and tap in and listen to these earnings calls after the after the fact. So, you know, the, that's one thing that I say is like, you know, I always learn something new from just listening to these earnings calls, man. And it's always exciting. It's always an exciting time for me to be on. Um, I love earnings. I love being able to hear directly from leadership, he, hearing directly from leadership. You know, it it makes me solidified. And OK, why did I make this investment? Where are our plans? Where are we going forward? But also being patient, because a lot of times what happens is, is that people are not patient enough. A lot of people are looking. I'm going to be real with you guys. A lot of people are looking for results from companies within three, six months. But let's be real with yourself. You haven't even produced results for yourself in three to six months. So you're asking a company to produce your results so you can get a return on your investment in three to six months. That's a thousand percent return. But when was the last time you did a thousand percent return on yourself? Let's let, let's have a question here. Some people is having expectations, right, that a company is going to produce these type of results. But you ain't even uh, put those type of results in. 
in the past three to six months. So be real with yourself, right? Anything that is worth having, anything that is worth building takes time to build. I'm going to be real with you. It takes time to build. So these companies right now are focused on maximizing their incomes, right? And protecting their capital. I'm going to give a shout out to Elon Musk on this one, man. I think Elon Musk exposed a lot of things in the tech space. The fact that Twitter is running efficiently as it is with him have laying off the amount of staff that he laid off. I think that's truly a testament to the fact that you do not have to have as big of a staff as these companies have. So I think these companies are really going to be a lot smarter, smarter as far as how they're hiring. Right. I think they're going to be super smarter in how they're hiring. I think a lot of companies realize, yo, we overhired. We had too many people. We had too many high salaries, right? Um, we had the ladies on a couple of weeks ago and they talked about it. Yo, people used to brag, man, I got this high tech paying job and I'm not doing anything, right? There was a bunch of people on Twitter talking about, yeah, I'm in tech and I got this high paying tech job, but you know, I barely work, I barely do this, I'm always on vacation, etc. So you think that these companies was gonna let that happen for an extended period of time? Yeah, you can get away with that in COVID, but guess what, buddy? The world's open back up. We ain't allowing you to do that stuff no more, right? It's telling people, hey, bring your butt back into the office. We ain't doing that online working no more, man. We need to see you. Like a lot of people took advantage of that. Some people really use that for good, right? There's some people that really be doing their work at home and you know do everything they're supposed to do. But some people, man, was BS was not was BSing and not really doing what they were supposed to be doing. So, you know, it comes down to it now from a company standpoint, the company has to really make tough calls and tough decisions. Uh, we take a look at our at our labor force. Right. Um, the U.S. economy added a little over 200,000 jobs um, in, in last month when we got that labor report and the unemployment rate dropped to three point five percent. So the Fed uh, is is here this earnings season again, as always, February 1st. Mark your calendars. The Federal Reserve is going to raise interest rates again. Will it be 25 basis points? 50 basis points. That'd be a conversation that we have probably in two weeks right before the Fed uh, gets ready to report. But these are the things that are on the back half that, you know, people are looking at from an earnings perspective and saying, yo, you know, how, you know, how are you guys dealing with not just inflation, but also, you know, the cost of capital, the cost to do business increasing, right? So all of these are different questions that we have. So, you know, going into pretty much tomorrow, Goldman Sachs is reporting, right? Goldman Sachs is reporting right off the rip. So I want to discuss and talk about, you know, particularly what's my expectation and, and, and what's my strategy. So, you know, like I said, I like to play the aftermath of earnings. I don't like to play before. Right. So I like to play the aftermath. So, you know, looking at Goldman Sachs here, uh, Goldman Sachs uh, is at about 374 here right now. You know, when I take a look at Goldman Sachs, I definitely think there's upside. It was never able to really get back above 400. Um, JP Morgan, we saw how it finished uh, up two and a half percent on Friday in the event that um, depending on whatever the numbers are, you may see an initial reaction move to the downside with Goldman Sachs. But when the market opens similar to JP Morgan, you may see that that stock may rally up and turn positive for the day. So that's something that you want to watch out for, not just with JP Morgan, but with other stocks. Sometimes you can see these stocks, like I said, start off red and then turn green the same day. So this is like where earnings season brings volatility. And I know you guys have been paying attention to the market and seeing that the market is dry. It's like the Sahara Desert. It's just dry on volume. It's like no man's land. Like it's quiet. It's super choppy. 
like where 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 the traders at right and what brings me to say this is like yo like understand that if you understand right now like everyone's quiet and, and, and a lot of these companies some of these companies are quiet because they're actually developing and they're in developer mode and they're building and that's a good thing like you shouldn't always want to hear this and that. You shouldn't always want your company in the news 24-7, right? Sometimes you just want your company to be low-key. And that's okay. I want, I want, I want my companies that I'm investing, in, I want them to be low-key. I don't need everything on the front page. I don't need everything on the front page of the newspaper saying every move that we're making. I like when things happen low key, right? And I think that in this year and the next years, you're going to see that automation is king. 2023, 2024, 2025, AI, automation technology. I know Mark's been talking to you guys about that heavy, uh, but AI, automation, these are the next industries that are going to change the world. Right. The same way that cell phone and the Internet did over the past 20 years, they dominated the 2000 decade and 2010 decade. What's going to dominate like when this decade is all said and done, what would this decade be known for? Those are those are the type of that's how I think when it comes to my investment, I'm not investing for today. I don't care nothing about today. Right. I'm looking at, OK, where do I believe the world is heading to overall? The world is very complex. Right. But you can see change happening right now, right? Look at, I mean, like change, change is happening right in front of your face right now. And, you know, you're seeing that like we, like we see the emergence of something like a chat GPT that I know has caught a lot of people like, yo, this, this type of technology is crazy. Open AI, right? And I know that people are seeing, you know, electric vehicles on the road and, and, and self-driving cars and vehicles. Like it, you, you see it a little bit right now, but it's not really common, right? But it's the same thing as, as this thing that I have in my hand right here, right? This iPhone, right? A lot of times, what happens is, is that people, people do not want to be. I'm gonna tell you this right now. A lot of times, you know, people do not want to invest in stuff when things are in the infancy stages. What happens is, is that when things are in the infancy stages, there's a lot of kinks and, and bugs that you gotta work out. Right. But the best time to invest is in the beginning is in the beginning. So this earning season gives you an idea to see, OK, the dust is now starting, starting to settle. We already know, like, think about I want people to understand the news is, start, is going to be starting to become priced in. OK, we already know the economy's bad. We already know that these growth stocks cost the capital increase. We already know the growth stocks fell 60, 70, 80, 90 percent. But when's that story going to be over? Right. When's the story? When is it? When is that story going to get old? Oh, man. Yeah, it's down 60, 70, 80 percent. It's not coming back. It's not coming back. Right. Tech is dead. Tech is dead. And I've seen, you know, I'm going to give a shout out to Dan Ives. I want to say this was about like maybe a month ago. And I seen him tweet something. I think it was like the last week of December. And he was like, yo, you know, he was basically put in a tweet. He was like, bears finally got the tech trade right after 13 years. And I said, yo, he's so right about that bears have finally gotten the tech is dead and the tech is all oh, they got it right after, but it took them 13 years for tech to pretty much get slammed and, and, and smashed on it took them 13 years and to be completely honest there's a bunch of tech stocks that still are way higher than where they were at 13 years ago like the percentages is not even you can't even talk about them it's ridiculous so my point is, is that if it took bears 13 years to be right for a short period of time and not even be completely 100% right, you got to really ask yourself this right now. Like, what else are you, what, what, what other discount are you really looking for? I want to have this conversation with people. How much more do you want the market to fall? 
How much more do you want some of your stocks that you've been looking to, to buy? How much more do you want them to fall, right? Like really ask yourself that question. Like, what is it going to take? Because some people is fishing for the bottom. Man, I'll just wait till after earnings season to get this, right? And okay, you wait till after earnings season, but next thing you know, the stock is up 30% from where you could have bought it at. Now you're kicking yourself, oh man, I should have done this. I knew I should have done that. Um, I don't want to hear any shoulda, coulda, woulda, none of that stuff this time around, man. Opportunities are dead in front of your face, dead in front of your face. These stocks like a meta platforms have gotten pummeled, pummeled, ARK ETF gotten pummeled, right? For those that didn't want, the, for those that may have wanted the ARK ETF at 160, 150, 140, at $30, what you even thinking about for? Like, I, I want people to step back for a second and say, yo, for people that wanted Tesla at 400, at 120 bucks, what you crying for? For people that want NVIDIA at 340 at 170 bucks, what you complaining for? These are the questions that I have, right? Why, why, why are you complaining about a discount? Your favorite item at Target right now goes on discount. You're gonna be flying up there to get in a credit card, gonna be wide open. Wallet gonna be wide open. Why do we have the reverse psychology when it comes to these stocks and, and, and investing? Why do we look at it any different? Why? Because, and, and I always, people, you know, always say, well, I don't know how to evaluate this and this and that. The thing I throw back at them is, well, you know how to evaluate the product. You could tell me that this product and this brand was better than this brand because of X, Y, Z reason. But I asked you to compare a company to another company and you say, oh, I can't do it. It doesn't make like, so we got to really go into our minds. I'm going to be real with you. We got to really look into our minds and say, yo, are we just playing around? Are we lazy? Right. Are we being lazy and not really wanting to put in the hard work? And just pay attention to the little details, right? Because it's super, super important. All this stuff we're gonna continue to consume and use. I heard, I heard last year, and, and Mark talked about this. I heard last year, Meta platforms is dead. It's not coming back. It's not coming back. Last time I checked, people were saying Meta platforms was dead on a Meta platform, and I'll leave that one there. How you gonna say Meta platforms is dead, but you on Facebook and you on Instagram? But it's dead. Okay, it's 136 bucks right now. Yearly low last year was $87. If this thing goes anywhere near 160, 170, that's 100% return from the low. Pay attention. Pay attention because your stocks right now, the way they're moving, some of these stocks are going up 100% from their lows in a bear market. Anybody check out Boeing stock recently? Last time I checked, oh, it's it, a couple months ago, it was hitting 113. Last time I checked on Friday, it closed at 214. Pay attention. Alibaba, last time I checked, Alibaba hit a low last year. Uh, let's take a look at Alibaba. I think Alibaba hit a low last year of $58. Hmm. Last time I checked, Alibaba closed at 117. Hmm. That's 100% return from the low. Hmm. See someone threw Netflix in the chat. Netflix closed uh, the yearly low last year was 160 bucks. Last time I checked, it, was, it closed at 332 on Friday. Y'all see what I'm saying here? Why everyone talking about bear markets and stocks is dead and this and all that stuff. Hope you guys are paying attention that some stocks are running up 100% from their lows in a bear market. And the stock market ain't ran to no all-time high yet. Hmm. Anybody no noticing the trend here? This is why I say that this earnings season is super important because since last earnings season, a lot of these stocks ended up hitting yearly lows and running right out of them, right? Running right out of them. So really, 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 really pay attention. JP Morgan. JP Morgan was another one. The yearly low was 102. It's smack 102 and it never been back. Goldman Sachs made a yearly low as well, around 260. Smack 260 and it's never been back. It's been up out of there. So those are the little things that I'm telling you guys that, you know, are super, super important, you know, that you kind of watch and pay attention to this stuff. NVIDIA, right? Another name. NVIDIA hit 107, 108. 
flew like a bat out of hell right out of there. So, you know, my thing is, is that you want to especially be watching these PE ratios very, 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 very close, right? Um, I know you guys seen Coinbase last week. Coinbase went on a run um, and a lot of the crypto plays, Mar, Riot, MicroStrategy, as they always do. Um, they always go on runs um, whenever Bitcoin and, and Ethereum move up. But, you know, my job is to be able to kind of like, what I would say is, is to be on top of this stuff, right? You have to be paying attention to the to the bigger the bigger things that are happening. You can't get caught up in the little stuff, right? You can't get caught up in the noise, the smoke, right? There's a lot of smoke out here and people saying, "Well, this is going to zero. This is going to zero." Actually be listening to these earnings calls and seeing the direction of where these companies are going because these companies are in investor mode. The same way that you should be looking at your finances and you should be looking at your pockets right now and saying, "Yo, I want to go ahead and invest long term and I want to portion my money properly. There is no all in number. I want to dispel that myth tonight. Some people are waiting for an all in number. There is no all in number. There's no number where you're going to be absolutely perfect. There's not going to be a number where the stock you're, oh, I need, I need to get the absolute bottom. You're trying to catch the absolute bottom. You're never going to catch anything at all. So I want to make that note there. Um, I also would say that like, I'm going to be real with you guys, like the the individual, you know, stock picking and just being in a bunch of individual stocks and just investing in, in that stock, that stock and just being spread out. You're spreading yourself too thin. Right. It's really always good to, in my opinion, to, you know, overall be in the index a lot more than the individual stocks, because being a stock picker is hard. I'm going to be real with you. Right. Uh, being a stock picker is super, super, super hard. Um, It's hard to really be. It's hard. It's hard because. You know, being a stock picker is one thing to end up taking a company from 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 right to left. So I would rather be particularly right now, I would rather be loading up on index funds and even some of the three times levered index funds. Right. So if I'm bullish on semiconductors long term, I would be looking at something like the SOXL, which is a bull three times levered ETF. If I'm bullish on the Nasdaq long term, which I believe everyone should be like, it's really like not even a question. Like, think about it. Like, do you believe in the NASDAQ? Do you believe in the top 100 tech companies in the United States of America? I didn't ask you for, if you believed in Teladoc. I didn't ask if you believed in UPATH. I didn't ask if you believed in Salesforce. I didn't ask if you believed in Unity Software. I didn't ask if you even believed in Tesla. I asked, do you believe in the top 100 tech companies? That's all I asked. Your answer should be, yes, I believe in the top 100 tech companies. You should believe in the top 100 tech companies, right? Maybe you don't believe in that end of one individual name, but that's fine. So I find it that, you know, people in 2020 and 2021, they had a lack of index fund investing. Everyone's like, nah, index funds, they move too slow. They're boring. It doesn't make sense. Let me just be all in on all these different stocks. And now they're down 60, 70, 80% on all those stocks. But had they went ahead and took, taken a look potentially at staying in cash a little bit more, or looking at just, you know, investing in the index, you know, they actually, you know, wouldn't, you know, wouldn't be down as much. So I think it's super important that, you know, people hone in on investing in index funds. There's nothing wrong with it. I like things like the SMH, the XLY, the XLK, VOO, VTI. I like things like the index funds because it, it makes it simple, right? And you want, if you want to invest in individual stocks, okay, cool, but don't have a portfolio that's just concentrated in just individual stocks. I want to make that very, very clear. So, you know, as this earnings season comes, right, I'm looking to start selling puts. And I want to talk a little bit about my selling puts. A lot of you guys have been following me. 
I, you know, I pretty much changed the game with, with cover calls last year. Um, I pretty much put the entire culture onto cover calls, was showing you guys every single week how I was extracting money out the market from cover calls, how I was hedging some of my longer term investments that have been, you know, going down by selling cover calls. And also, you know, now I'm really going into now how I'm showing you how I'm selling puts to acquire shares. So there's a bunch of stocks that I particularly like. And I'm comfortable to own at certain prices that they're at. So I'm selling puts on those companies, right? Uh, to be able to get paid. It's like a coupon, right? I look at like selling puts is like getting a coupon to buy something, right? If I know that, hey, this item is a thousand dollars, but I have a coupon, you know, that's 150 bucks. Well, I only paid 850. That's the same way. Um, that's the same way that cash secure puts is. If I know that I want to buy a stock at 60 bucks, but I want to get paid to own it at 60 bucks, I'm going to sell the 60 put, right? And for me, I really think that cash secure puts, um, not even, I won't even just say this year, but I just think going forward as, you know, we see continue, you'll continue to probably see some discounts to certain areas of the market. But if you like it long-term, like selling a cash secure put to say, hey, if I have to own a hundred shares at a hundred dollars, but I can get paid a thousand dollars to make, you know, owning that hundred shares uh, far less expensive than, you know, you knock a thousand dollars off that I'm going to do that. Right. And going back to that selling call piece, once you own those hundred shares, you can now sell a call against your position, you know, every single week, two weeks, a month, whenever. Right. And, you know, there's some benefit to that because I'm going to be real with you guys, right? I'm going to give you guys a couple of names here right now that haven't done jack anything over the past few months. Square, Square ain't done nothing. Square's at $71. Go take a look at Square the past six months and tell me what it did. You also go take a look at Shopify the past six months and tell me what Shopify did. Why don't you go take a look at both of those companies and tell me, had they really been going up and have they really been going down? They haven't. So these are just two examples to show you. And there's other companies that have just been trading sideways. And if you had just been selling options over the past six months on those companies, you might have actually gotten your principal investment of whatever you put into that investment back if you've been selling your cover calls the right way, right? And, you know, selling cover calls is a great way for that passive income to come in because you know that your money is invested. Your money's going ahead and it's invested, you know, in an individual equity, individual company. And with your money being invested, um, you know, that it's going to pretty much for you, you know, be a little bit of, uh, you know, time, what I would say. And I would say it may be a little bit of time or a longer period of time. I'm going to be real more so. I'm more so in a longer period of time. So I want to get paid while my cash is actually vested in this company. I want to be able to generate some cash flow, just like if you go buy a real estate property right now. You're going to put a down payment in, but you want to go go ahead and get some sort of residual property, a residual income from that property. So I think it's, you know, super, super, super important, you know, that, you know, I highlight that for you guys, because that's my mindset here in 2023. I'm not playing no games. I'm, I want you and I don't want you guys to play no games either. I want you to get everything that you can out of this opportunity and squeeze it. Right. If you don't take if you're not listening to anything else here on Monday night, take understand this. How many times are you going to get the market to fall 30, 30, 35 percent in a year? I want you to ask yourself that question. How many times are you going to get a market to fall 30, 35 percent in a year? I can answer that for you. Not many. So some people are sitting back thinking that, oh, man, it's kumbaya. I'm not going to make no moves. I'm telling you here right now, this is the time where you got to get hungry. This is the time where you got to get nitty gritty. I'm not playing no games. It's grind season, right? It's grind season right now. No talking, just action. Just deliver it. Show up every single day. Show up every single week. Put your bread up. That's the number one thing that I'm telling people right now. 
I get it. A lot of people want to be traders and trade options. I ain't here to really talk too much about, you know, uh, you know, being this option, all that stuff. Now, get your portfolio right. Get your affairs in order. Clean yourself up. Clean up your debt. These are the stuff that people change your money habits. Because if you have bad money habits, if you're looking to come into the market and think that the market is going to fix your bad habits outside the market, I'm here to tell you, you're, you're very mistaken. If you have a lot of bad habits, understand that you want to fix those and it's okay, right? We all got our vices and different things that we got to work on. But the first step, right? For the first step is acknowledgement, right? Acknowledgement, right? That's the first step is acknowledgement, right? If you guys look at my shirt here tonight, what does it say? Acknowledge me, right? So the first step that you got to do is acknowledge. The first step that you have to do is acknowledge the issues that you have financially, right? Some people, I brought the ladies on a couple of weeks back and I said, yo, you might you might be in the wrong career path right now and it's okay, but you got an opportunity to pivot. Some of you guys are going to work every single day and you're unhappy. You're, 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 you're mad about life. You're not happy in a situation that you're in. And we get it. Fix that. Let's fix that. A lot of times in life, we put things on. And I'm telling you guys, this is really where I made that decision when I was 17 years old. I was un I, I was unhappy in life. I was unsatisfied. Let me tell you the point I was at when I first started getting into this and trading and investing. I was unhappy in life because I felt like, yo, I felt like a lot of times, um, you know, there was wasted opportunities for myself. You know, I, I you know, I wasn't able to play college football, I had an injury. I felt like there was a lot of things that was wasted. But one thing that I knew was I was dedicated and I was willing to put in the work. So for me, it's like, yo, be willing to put in the work. Be, be, I won't, let me not use that word humble. Someone's going to get on me. But be, what I would say is be a little bit more reserved, right? Everyone, and specifically in the black community, everyone wants to be the person that has the big chains, the big car, the big house, the big this, the big attractions, the big social media, the big that. Some people just need to do some self-reflection for a second and ask yourself, are you actually genuinely happy in the things you're doing right now? Ask yourself, are you actually fulfilling your spirit and your purpose, right? You actually should be asking yourself that question because here right now is crunch time. 2023 is an opportunity. I told you guys this before, 2022 would be the breakdown year, but 2023 and 2024 would be like the rebuild. You know, you guys know I love this the 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 analogies to sports. The period that we're in right now is like this. So 2020 and 2021, we just won a championship. 2022, we had to trade away some players. We had a bad season. We missed the playoffs, right? Everything pretty much went wrong. Our, our player retired in 2021, so we had to figure things out in 2022. Now here in 2023, we're in rebuild mode. That's what we're in. We are in rebuild. So when you're in a rebuild mode, you have to. So I get it when I hear a lot of people saying, yo, I blew my brokerage account, right? I get it. Like I've been there before, right? Where you feel like, man, I'm just, I'm, I'm just one step away. I just got to keep going. I, I, I hear you guys wholeheartedly. My message to you is get up, put your bread up, get up. It might take you getting an extra job. Put your pride to the side. Put your pride to the side for a second, right? Leave the pride at home, right? Put your pride to the side. Because what happens is, is that we become super prideful and say, well, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. And, you know, for me, yo, I, I'm always transparent and telling my story. I work 45 days straight without an off day. I took all that capital and I put it and I invested it not just in the market, but I invested it in myself because I said, you know what? If I can commit to this, I can commit to anything. So I tell people is it's like, yo, what are you willing to sacrifice? For me, I was willing to sacrifice 45 days of my time. 
I was willing to go ahead and work extra. And I said, yo, I'm going all in on this thing, man. I'm not playing around. So sometimes you have to get really dirty and you got to get dirty with it, man. You got to get your hands dirty. You got to put in the work and it's not going to be pretty. It's not cute. It's not, it's, it's not sexy. So, you know, that's my mindset is just like getting really nitty gritty with it. So going into this earnings season, number one, listen to as many earnings calls as possible. The week ahead here right now, you're going to start hearing more talk about the Federal Reserve and what they're going to do with interest rates, right? You got Netflix and Goldman Sachs, right? So if Netflix goes above 341, here's my here's my take for the week on Netflix, right? Before we wrap up here. Netflix has an opportunity to go near 380, 390 this week. I'm going to tell you all this right now. A potential chance to even kind of see 400. Netflix has a technical barrier of 341 that it must crack. It must crack 341. And let me go ahead and share my screen real quick. Um, share my screen. Uh, see if I can share my screen real quick to show you guys. All right, you guys should be able to see my screen. And we're about to go ahead. I'm gonna show you guys here on this on this Netflix chart. You know what's getting ready to come next, and make sure you guys have Netflix pulled up. So, all right, here's what I'm talking about, right? For people that's like, okay, what is he talking about? Netflix right here at 341. There is a gap to fill up here to the upside from that March breakdown of last year. You guys remember this because, you know, we actually caught this Netflix downtrend um, for you guys. We we actually caught Netflix all the way up here. You know, we were short in Netflix, but it has a gap to fill to the upside. So please pay attention to Netflix this week. Netflix has a gap to fill to the upside here. So I definitely wanted to, you know, go ahead and, you know, show show that. Um, so, yeah, I wanted to make sure that we went ahead and, and uh, pretty much showed that for you guys here. You know, Netflix, 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 Netflix. Make sure you guys have your chart, you know, pulled up. Um, try to show it here. A little bit of te technical difficulty. Sorry about that. So Netflix has a $60, about a $60 gap above 340 So a $60, a $60 gap above 340 So pay attention to that this week. Um, obviously, subscriber numbers are always super, super, super important, um, you know, when it comes to pretty much uh, Netflix. So that's my take on that. Tesla will be next week and the rest of the companies will be next week. We'll cover that on next Monday's show. Um, but that's pretty much what I have for you guys here this week, man. So, you know, put your pride aside, put your bread up, uh, pay attention to the TQQ SOXL. Do not let this market bounce and start pushing back up. And you you actually didn't have no money um in this market i'm gonna tell you guys this right now please do not miss out on this stuff because i'm telling you guys here i'm starting to see it man i it is it, it's, it's i'm starting to see it certain stuff is not making the market fall as much anymore right it's not making the more the, the certain stuff is not uh, the market is not able to fall as much anymore right certain sectors have gotten super oversold and people are, are looking to to build their portfolios out Pay attention to Nike, right? Nike's at 128. Last year hit a low, I think it was about 77 bucks. So I want you guys to like really, really, really watch this stuff. Tesla right here at 122. I want before we go. If I told you last year that you could buy Tesla at 122, there was a bunch of people that were saying, Man, I would, I would, I would love to buy it. I would love to buy it. I would have money aside to buy it. Tesla's at 122 now, and everyone's like, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. Notice how the tide changes. When stock prices are at all-time highs, everyone wants the discount. And everyone keeps saying, right, when stocks are at all-time highs, everyone keeps saying, 
oh man, when it comes down, I'm gonna buy it. It's came down to giving you the opportunity and you still ain't bought it. So ask yourself this question this week and over the next month, what stocks did you say when the market was at all time highs that you would buy? I want you to look at all those stocks that you said you would buy when the market was at all time highs. I want you to do that. And I want you to come back next week with those names, right? And I want to talk about some of those names because I'm going to ask you guys next week. I want you to come back next Monday with the names that you said at all time highs, if they came down 30, 40, 50, 60, 70%, you would buy them. The reason I'm talking about Tesla is because I know for a fact that there was people that were saying if it came down 30, 40, 60, 70%, that they would buy it, right? There was also other names on this list, right? Oh, if it comes, if NVIDIA comes down, if AMD comes down, if Shopify comes down, if these names come down, I'm going to buy it. If the XLY comes down, if SMH comes down, TQQ comes down, SOXL comes down, I'm going to buy it. So don't put something out there and not do it. Patience pays. This stock market may not hit all-time highs for a few years, maybe two years, maybe three years, maybe five years. Okay, cool, right? That means you have that much time to invest, that much time to build your position. Wealth is built in bear markets, never in a bull market. So understand that. The pieces, you have to have a starting piece. It's built right now. When the bull market comes back, that's when people sell. That's when people unload, right? So for everyone really thinking about, okay, well, why did the market drop as much as possible? As it as, as much as it did, right? The market dropped because people was making record high money. I seen a report today that said two thirds of the new wealth was made by the 1%. Hmm. Two thirds of the new wealth was made by the 1%. So what does that tell you? That tells you that the 1% was doing something different than the other 99%. The 1% was buying in the last bear market, was buying when there was blood in the street, was buying when it was just a regular day. They were making sacrifices. They were living below their means. They put in the work. So that's what that tells me. The 1% made majority of the new wealth. So that means they was putting the work in. So I'm going to put the work in. That's the mentality that you got to have is you versus you every single day. And the reason why it's you versus you is because it's you versus you and your old habits. We all got bad habits. We all got things that we got to get better at, right? We, some of us may have to become more patient. Some of us may have to study a little bit more. Some of us may have other things that we need to work on, but it's about identifying those things up front. And that's what I think that for me, I'm always holding myself accountable, right? I, a lot of times, and sometimes you might beat yourself up a little bit more than what you should. For me, I, I would say that I'm always my toughest, toughest critic because I always want to put out a great a great work, great piece, and I always want to put out great energy. So for me, it's like, yo, understanding when you're not putting out, out your best work, be able to identify that yourself and say, hey, man, I'm playing around, right? And I've had to get on myself a few times. So don't think I'm just talking, you know, I'm talking really to myself right now. I just say, you know what, Lawrence, you playing around a little bit too much. Get a little bit more serious, right? You got to do, you got to take a little bit of things a little bit more serious. Do this a little bit more, right? Pay attention to this detail, right? Because everything is about paying attention to the little details, right? And holding yourself accountable first. Stop looking for someone else to hold you accountable. Hold yourself accountable. So I'm holding everyone accountable here right now. Come back next week with the stocks that you said you were going to buy at all-time highs. Come back next week and we're going to discuss those. Stocks that I said that I would buy at all-time high, if it dropped a certain percent, I said I would buy CrowdStrike, which I'm doing now. I said I would also buy Palo Alto Network, which I'm doing now. Also said I would buy Snowflake, which I've been doing and selling cover calls. Shout out to Uncle Charles, right? So those were things. And I'm also buying the TQQ and the SOXL Heavy. These were plans that I already had in place, and I'm doing that. And you best believe that I'm buying as well Tesla. You best believe that as well, too. Best believe that. So 
This has been another great episode of Monday Night Take. Shout out to the Reverend, the Dr. Martin Luther King on MLK Day. Uh, without him, this YouTube Live probably wouldn't be a 23-year-old uh, black man trading the stock market for a living. Probably wouldn't be possible without MLK and what he did. So shout out to this brother on his day. Um, shout out here to the Come Up series. Very grateful to all of you guys that I've met in person. Um, look forward to a lot of things happening bigger in 2023. Um, shout out to all the people that's tapped into the tour. LA, we're here tomorrow again. And then Houston, we're coming. Dallas, we're coming. Uh, so shout out to all the people that's listening out there, man. So let's continue to do our thing, man. I'll see you guys next week, Monday night. 8 p.m. Eastern Standard, 5 p.m. PST. Man, I'm on the West Coast, so I see what it's like to do a show on the West Coast now. Um, it's a little bit different. It's only 6 p.m. here. So exciting. Shout out to all my East Coast people, man. Be back home in a few. Um, shout out to uh, Jessica Davis, Tiara. Shout out to the collective. Uh, shout out to Cameron. Shout out to my wife, Kim. I know she's watching. Love you. And I'll um, see you guys next week. Peace. That's 100.